Bienvenido, damas y caballeros. Welcome back to Freeform Radio on the Freeform Network. Hey, Andy, do you think I got like a radio voice for like intros and outros? Does it sound like I could be on radio? If someone told you that, then I think they're lying to you, but no. <laughs> I mean, but I think you have a decent voice for podcasting. Oh, okay, good. Well, that's a good. That, that's better. Yeah, yeah that's better. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Freeform Network. Send in those questions and suggestions, ffnquestions at gmail.com. But again, this is Freeform Radio. I am one of your hosts. My name is Daniel. Got with me today, Andy. It's all good, Andy. And uh, by the time this episode drops, uh, the 4th of July passed. Big deal in America. I hope everybody had a good time blowing up stuff, grilling, and, and drinking a lot of booze. So, uh we, America survives another year, and uh, hopefully, let's keep that trend Barely. going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, by the time this drops, uh, we'll, we'll probably be well past that. But yeah, hopefully, everybody's having a safe uh, fourth and uh, listening to this podcast. But yeah, Andy, uh, weather again, man. We, it's like a streak of like I don't want to jinx this, but man, there's uh, up here in, in Lake County is very little rain, but it's sunny, but not overly hot to where like it's unbearable you can't be outside kind of thing but yeah man the weather has been great lately so yeah jumping into this week andy i see uh college football is gearing up and i know alana's getting geared up for even nfl because i think in 12 weeks i think she told me or nine weeks something like that rings in my head nfl starts so college football ramping up as well so <clears throat> I mean, for by the time this episode drops, I think we'll have some of the news that we're waiting on. But last year, uh, this kind of like this was like the the Big Bang, where uh, Oklahoma and Texas left the Big Twelve to go to S the SEC conference, and it was like a big. It was like it shook everybody up, and they're like, "What does this mean?" Um, there's people speculating, uh, you know, right now there's five conferences that this might turn into two big mega conferences, uh, particularly Akin like NFL or yeah, like AFC and NFC. Okay. This is where uh, people were speculating because there's a lot of money and TV rights. And, um, so the SEC got a hold of Texas and Oklahoma two storied, uh, college football programs, uh, they, they're leaving the Big 12 and going there. And one of the big reasons was money. They get a lot of money, upfront money from the TV deal that SEC has with ESPN. Um, so this weekend, uh, it broke that uh, UCLA and USC is leaving the Pac-12, two storied programs, uh, they've been with the Pac-12 for like, uh, I think UC, USC has been there like 100 years. And UCLA has been there with them like 96 years. And they're leaving to go to the Big Ten. And the Big Ten accepted the, they uh, approved the application to join the conference. Um, so that's like, and they're in California. The Big Ten's known for having teams in the Midwest, you know, the farthest one, Nebraska, Minnesota, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, um, Indiana, and then the East Coast, they got Rutgers and Maryland and Penn State. Um, so it's a big deal because the the TV rights for the Big Ten Network are coming up, 
and supposedly they're going to be the first uh, college football conference to get a billion dollars for TV, for college football rights. And the way that breaks down each school, each university, then I don't know how you know, understand. It's kind of like, uh, you know, how the NFL now, the NFL has uh, the TV deals and then they give each team like an amount each year. Right. Like 90 million, 100 million, 200 million, just from the team. They all split the money. Well, uh, the Big Ten's get each team, even if your team sucks, is just going to get from TV money, TV money, $100 million starting after the new contract starts. Compare wow, that so to everybody's going to get the same. Yeah. Okay. So, like Illinois, University of Illinois, they're like mediocre. They're going to get $100 million. Indiana, they're all right. They're going to get a hundred million, and then Michigan and Ohio State, two prominent universities, they're going to get a hundred million. Now, I don't know your take on this. I, I'm, I'm a noob as far as it comes to college football, but to me, that sounds kind of good. I mean, maybe some of these shitty teams will start getting better, and some of the better teams will retain some well, of their yeah. talent. It's you go to college, you get four years, and then now we're. Uh, the college athlete, you don't get money. Or they give you as a scholarship. Well, now You're they're going to get paid, right? Because now they, they're getting they NIL something? deals. Yeah, right. So yeah, they just they need money to pay. But um, yeah, so th- th- that's why I'm saying that kind of like threw gas on the fire. Where like college football is changing, that was another big thing. And USC, UCLA, they're part of the Pac-12. I think right now they're going to get. They're making like. They were going to get like thirty million a year. So what do you take, thirty million or a hundred million, right? Just on the economics alone, I'm like, I'm gonna get if I could go over here and get a hundred million, I'd be stupid not to take it. Right. I mean, I I, I really don't see what the big fuss is about. Well, um, the divisions and things moving around. Um, I get the the money brokering part. I understand that that might be an issue, but if they're doing it like the NFL, where the NFL brokers the TV deals with NBC, uh, CBS, Fox, yeah. ESPN, and all them, and then they split the money between all the franchises. Then I don't really see a problem. No, so it sounds like that's what college the football economics is going towards. Of it, yeah, that's a good thing, but you're missing out what college football is. It's it's kind of like a territory thing, a regional thing. Oh, so, like WWE, like a, yeah. like Vince so McMahon's comment. Did you hear what like, I said? Like USC and UCLA has been part of the Pac-12 for almost a hundred years. They meet every year. They they play all the West Coast teams. That's going out the window. They have trophy games. Big Ten, there there, it was a Midwest thing. They had trophy games, rivalries. Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, and then the Pac-12 champion and the Big Ten champion would play New Year's Day. They would play in the Rose Bowl. It's been going on forever. Like, this is all just college football. How I grew up watching is like, it's just going out the window because this, which it's going to bound to happen. And then the other thing is Notre Dame, uh, they're part of their, I heard. Network, right? They have their own deal with NBC, which they get like 15 to 20 million a year. Big Ten has asked them to join their conference to so they're going to have like 20 teams in the Big Ten. And then SEC right now, I think it has 16 and they're talking about adding more 
So it's going to be like two huge conferences and everybody else is going to be left in the dust and everybody's talking about that. And it's all about, I guess, the traditions of like the bowl games and all that. What's how is that going to get impacted? Um, it's just it's it's that whole tradition stuff, which made it college football great is it's going out the window quickly. And but I get it. Money, cash makes everything move. So. Um, it's gonna happen, and uh, there's just no way. To me, right now, I'm like, well, maybe they could do a couple things, but I, it's not gonna happen. It's just gonna be these two mega conferences, and everybody else just, you guys do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, uh, I mean, help me understand what your concerns are. So, it would be like the Bears and the Packers. They have a huge rivalry. They're in the same division, the Central Division. It'd be like splitting them up, one of them going to the West like Division the and one North, of them staying in the Central the Division. Yeah, think uh, about right, that. so that and now they they're not going to play them twice a year. year. Twice a year, yeah. Right, and they wouldn't do that anymore. Is that yeah. that's the equivalent of what's going yeah. on here? Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I could see how that'd be a little problem uh, just because fanatics of their sports teams and their home teams especially – they really like those rivalry games. Uh, when I'm a White Sox fan, I like watching the Cubs games, and I watch it with more enthusiasm. So if those games were to go away, it would be kind of disappointing. I like watching when they play against, like, the Cleveland Indians, the Detroit, uh, you know, Cleveland all those. Indians I don't exist no more, man. Well, not, not the Indians. The, the Guardians. The Guardians or Commander. No, the Commanders are Redskins. But, yeah. Formerly, yes. <laughs> right? But those, those, that's what makes it exciting. But now, let's say they scramble up the divisions a little bit. They mix it around. I would assume the first couple of years it would be weird. But then you would make new rivalries. You would make new people that you kind of, quote, unquote, hate. And you want your team to beat them all the time. So maybe this would be an issue in the, in the nearsighted. But maybe in the long term with the money and the restructuring, it would create new rivalries and then maybe they could even bring back the old ones for like a special thing. Like, all right, yeah, you haven't seen this in 10 years, but here's the green Bay Packers versus the Chicago bears, you know, 10 years in the making kind of thing. And it could be a special event. Yeah. That's what another name did. So uh, before they have like this special deal with the ACC, they would play five big 10 teams a year, Michigan, Michigan state, uh, Purdue, um, like Wisconsin, Indiana, Northwestern, like they would rotate them, but they would always play Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan every year, and two other five, uh, two other Big Ten teams. When they signed this deal with the ACC a while back, that kind of went out the window, so they weren't going to be playing Michigan every year. And then they signed the deal where, oh, this year I got an opening. Do you, the Michigan? Do you guys want to play us? We do a home and home, one in Michigan and one in Notre Dame. And it turned into a big thing because we haven't seen these teams play in like five, six years. Right. Um, so that it turned into a, like, uh, like you said, a spectacle and people were like, but that's the thing that people were, even when it was a yearly thing, people, it was like a big fucking game. And now it's even like twice as big. Um, but again, the, I'm just saying like, it, it was bound to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen this fast. Um, but the way 
the way fo- college football was forever, that's gone. It's a it's it's dead and buried with the the way we're moving forward with these two mega conferences because of TV money, and the money's so big. It, it'd be you'd be dumb not to take it, and I don't blame the schools for taking it. It's just everything that made college football special, the rivalry games and all that, like, some of that is going to get tossed off to the side. Like, you're literally, like I said, Nanny, you're tossing away a 100 years of being part of that conference for money. It's just like there's no uh, there's no um, loyalty, I guess I'm, I'm trying to say. And, like, they're ditching it. The only reason they're ditching it is because of money. They're not going to try to fix it or not. Let's get to do this. They're like we're out of here, <laughs> and like you're you're leaving a, a sinking ship, and uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting seeing what how the SEC responds because there's already rumors they're trying to get uh, some of the Florida schools and Clemson, and um, it, like I said, it's it's it college football the way we grew up for the way I grew up, it, it, I caught the end of like how it was. Uh, in the early 90s and then with the BCS that kind of started changing everything and then the college football playoff they saw how much money they made and they wanted to expand it and it just there was so much money it's just like there's no way it was going to stay the way it was Um, and like I said it was uh, it was a great run I go but it's going to be I'm kind of looking forward to, I'm not going to lie, I'm looking forward to the mega conferences and the playoff, the new playoff format that that's been in talk talks for the last two years. They're going to expand it to like 12 teams. It's going to be like NFL minor leagues. This is where college football is going. And I think the bowl games, which were a big part of college football, is going to be interesting to see what happens with that format and that, that structure. <clears throat> Because I don't think they're going to exist because there's going to have playoff games and uh, people are going to want to watch that. Like, I don't think you do. You, you know, there's a, a, a bowl game called the Potato Bowl. Then would you want to go see that in the middle of Idaho? Dude, there's so many bowls that to me, yes, that's I what don't I'm saying. I would need a chart to tell me, like, these are the important bowls. And then this is the Tabasco sauce bowl that nobody yes. cares about kind of thing. And to me, whenever I see, oh, it's a bowl of this, I'm just like, I don't give a shit because everything's a bowl. So what makes you different from the other dozen that are out there? So the big ones were played on New Year's Day, the big six, and then all this other people who finished second or third in the conference, they played these other leagues and these bowl games, but it got out of control. Like if you have a six and six record, you're eligible for a bowl. I think last year Barstool Sports had a bowl. Did you know that? It was like somewhere in Nevada. Jesus. I don't even remember. And then <laughs> Portner was like, we have a bowl game and we're we're going to do this and that. And then uh, it was supposed to air on ESPN, but they got problems with, from my understanding and an article I read, ESPN and Barstool have issues. And then the bowl game got canceled because of, uh, of the coof. And then, but Dave Portner said it got canceled because they couldn't get a TV deal because ESPN backed out last minute or something. Oh, but I'm like, oh, Barstool Sports Bowl. Like, okay, I, I think Boston. It was an ACC team versus somebody else. I really don't remember, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the the casual fan like yourself, you're like, I don't know what. There's too many of them. I don't know what the fuck any of this means. Which is a valid point. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'll 
Football, I'll just watch about any football. Um, uh, I can watch college football all day. I do so. I've done so. The USFL, I watch a little bit here. If it's I got nothing else going on, I'll pop it on. And I'll watch it. It's bad football, but I'll watch it. I think the championship game is this weekend, isn't it? Or Right, yeah, I think so. I, I've been seeing some stuff on Facebook. So, but... I don't know. It's just my two cents on, on the ball. I think we'll know next week in Notre Dame or the next time we record Notre Dame joins. If it, they do, they're saying Notre Dame, Oregon are going to join. And then they're going to have um, possibly uh, Washington and Stanford join also. If Notre Dame agrees to it, and I don't see why they wouldn't. Money-wise, it's just it's too – you can't turn down a guaranteed $100 million for five years like i think the con or the contract deals like uh 10 years or something so that's a billion dollars you're gonna just you know say no to that's pretty that's pretty rough not to that's pretty tough not to say no to in my eyes right for sure so the other other thing i got going on uh i'll keep everybody up to date on the college football uh, i know danny don't give a fuck but to me when i was reading the news yesterday i'm like holy shit like this is big but um Lately, me and the missus, she's like, we got to restart watching Game of Thrones. She wants to finish it. So we left off like uh, I left off on like season five. In your original run? In the original run. And she got up to like season six. She got like halfway through season six. She started watching without me. So I'm like, can we just restart from season five? Um, So I restarted watching it and we got up to... We finished season seven, um, and it's getting a little confusing. <laughs> yeah, how many seasons is it? It's eight seasons. Eight. Oh, okay. So we're up to the the season that everybody hates, apparently, right? Um. So, yeah, it's uh, I I, I just forgot how. I mean, spoilers for Cersei at the end of season seven. My wife's like. She just went crazy. I'm like, well, she's been through some shit, but she's always been cruel. And I just felt like there was a lot of women power going on, and a lot of them are dead. And then uh, with the Jon Snow and the Battle of the Bastards, and then Sansa and uh, Arya are just weird. I don't know. Like, all of a sudden, she's like some ninja assassin, the little one, and the, the older sister is like, she's like this clever woman now, smart woman. And then the brother is like, I'm a, th- I'm a three-eyed raven or something. And or, I know the, the past and the today. And then, I don't know, did you see season seven? Did you watch the whole show? No, I watched, like, honestly, like, maybe the first two seasons. The first season for sure, but maybe the first two seasons. But I got lost, man. There was, yeah. like, there's, like, 20 main characters and there's like all these branching stories and it and to me i don't do well on shows like that that are too like worldly complicated uh maybe it's just too much for my simpleton brain but i I, (laughs) but i just need like two or three focal stories going on at the same time and i can manage that but to have like six different stories going on at the same time with all these main players it it just got a little much for me so that's the thing then like i was re-watching it and i'm just like i remember some of it some of it i don't 
and like I started watching old clips and some YouTube people talking about explaining like the, it's like just at the end, yeah it's just like a lot of conspiracy shit like people plotting and like Littlefinger and the Tyrells and and um, the Baratheons and the the fucking bastard guy it's just like I was just like I don't fucking know and then I don't want to give too much spoilers but um in the season seven um uh there's like more fucking incest going on it's just like what the fuck is going on and then the wall with the fucking wildlings and the fucking zombies it's just like i mean it's good because you know why it's kind of i like it they kill off a lot of characters and then like old characters reappear that you kind of forgot about and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I guess he's important now. And, like, I was wa- we were watching the end of uh, the the beginning of season seven. If I remember, the brother that's, like, a psychic, he has a couple episodes. Then he disappears the whole series. I think until the season finale, he reappears. And I'm just like, well, now he's important because he, he can see shit like, yeah, this motherfucker did this. Yeah, he's guilty or whatever. And I'm just like, like to me, that was like, they just use that to wrap it up. And then um, it's good, but also, yeah, it's something I I, I, I felt like I shouldn't, um, we shouldn't have taken a break from it, you know, but we need a little bit of a distraction. So we started rewatching them and. Uh, we're down to the last season, so we're gonna try to watch it before uh, <laughs> to before the end, Fourth of July ends and see what we can do. But season seven was a really short season, and I still recommend it. But everybody's warned me that season eight sucks. I don't know. That's what everybody in the internet says it sucks. So I'm now I'm like wondering like what the fuck's going on? What's gonna happen? Yeah, I don't know if people just hate the way it ended or the whole season really is terrible. I know some people that watched Game of Thrones and they had a cheat sheet next to them to keep track of everything so that they could watch it. And then it would say like, all right, uh, Xerxes is doing this. And they would look on their cheat sheet and be like, oh, okay, that's Xerxes. Or here's where Xerxes is on the map or whatever they were referring to. So to me, it sounds interesting, but it sounds like a big thing where you need to devote time. Yeah. You can't step away like you did because then you might be kind of lost and kind of like trouble keeping track of things. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like all you know is a Targaryen race or whatever. They ruled Westeros forever until they killed the Mad King and then like all hell broke loose. But they make it sound like those people ain't around. And then I was watching this like guy talking about there's a lot of them people just don't know about it. And he started breaking down all the episodes where like that's a Targaryen, this guy's a Targaryen. It was like like a whole shitload of them. Just like, whoa, are they in hiding or like what the fuck is? It's only the only known two in the show that made a big deal was uh, Daenerys and her brother, and her brother gets killed right away. Right or whatever, and it's just her. But supposedly there's a, they're like all over the fucking place, and um, so like that's why I said like, and then they reveal some stuff, you know. But 
I'll keep everyone in a little bit. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of shit. And then I was seeing these people talk about it on YouTube. The books are just like, <laughs> it's a lot of shit in the books too. And the, the, the show really, uh, delved away from the books because I think they needed like a better story, you know, or keep it more cohesive, more tight. Oh, wow. So the TV show is different from the books then. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was um it was crazy. That's why I said like uh I'm like whatever, man. Like it is uh it was uh yeah, it, it's just so much shit going on. And uh, my wife's like somewhat confused and we're, we talk amongst each other and I'm just like, yeah, like it's like I don't know, like let me watch this like let's watch these clips to explain it and then you kinda have like, Oh yeah, I kinda remember that and it explains like a lot of things. Now do you you guys talk during the episode or do you wait until the end? Mostly to the end. But I remember like they brought up uh, so there was a couple characters they were talking about like I fought with your father and I'm like isn't that the father that was the guy that was in like the the night's watch? She goes, I think so. And then like, yeah. And I'm like, wait, wait. This guy uh, did something bad, and his dad disowned him. And then his dad went and joins the night watch. Shouldn't it be the other way around when you you fuck up, you go to the night's watch? Like it was fucking weird. I'm just like, I I don't know. Like it didn't make sense to me, but I don't know if that's how it went down in the book. Because the sword that Jon Snow has was given to him by this guy at the Night's Watch. And, like, it's like a fucking, like, according to this guy, it's like a a badass fucking sword and all this shit. And a sword that could shoot fire and all this bullshit. And I'm just like, well, they haven't showed any of that in all the seasons that I've seen. Hmm. So, I don't fucking know. Is it better than the Sword of Grace, Coleman? I don't know, man. I think the only one that swords that beats that one is uh, is the uh, lionel sword because that shit grows. I always wonder how fucking long you get that thing. Yeah, what's the name of that sword again? The uh, sword of omens. Sword of omens. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, that was a badass sword. I wish I had that toy, man. I always wanted that that toy that extends out and <laughs> gets longer. When they re-ramped the cartoons, I I saw some cool toys come out and i wanted to buy the sword of omens but uh, i was just like nah what am i gonna do with this thing i'm just gonna stick it in some corner somewhere and never see it <laughs> but yeah I, when i was a kid i always wanted that sword it always looked pretty cool so like do you remember when they killed ned stark do you remember that did you watch is, those episodes? is that the first king no that's the the king of uh of the north of winterfell and uh, uh the stark dude the, w- when i first started watching game of thrones I really got enamored by this first king that was like in season one. He was in the Lord of the Rings. He was like, yeah, the, the guy the, goes, winter is coming. The shifty eyed um, uh, guy in uh, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. the guy that was kind of sneaky and he kind of wanted to take the ring for himself, that guy. And he was like a king in Game of Thrones. And when I saw him, I'm like, oh, cool, man. He looks badass as a king. And then he only lasted like two, three episodes, yeah. and they killed him off. And I'm like, well, what the hell? I'm like, this guy's gone already? I'm like, yeah, they killed him, I think, at the, yeah, like at the first season. Right, right. So there's a sword that, like, it's a badass fucking sword, and it's his sword, and it's okay. made out of, like, the special steel. 
and they behead him with that sword and then they like melt down the fucking sword and make two swords out of it and like that's another big deal that that this is gonna play an important role in the upcoming episodes i'm just like like i don't remember any of that shit i don't even remember talking about the goddamn sword i mean i i really don't remember <laughs> yeah nah i i've been wanting to watch it but as well that i don't have hbo max or wherever it's on so it's it's a little difficult for me to watch it but I wouldn't mind giving it another shot, but um, I guess I'd have to sign on to HBO and, and see if I give you it. You need to get world. a. You're gonna have to watch some YouTube videos to get some clarity. Then you need the the Cliff Notes version of it because yeah, man, there's a. It's very. It's a comp. Not complicated. There's a lot of fucking backstory and everything's connected, which right. is good and bad. But yeah, the break kind of like threw me off, but. The overall episode-wise, it's it's been pretty good, and I'm actually eager to see season eight just to get it over with. But even though everybody's shitting on it, but uh, with that said, I'll keep everyone posted on that and college football. But let's go see what Danny's up to. It is kind of wedding season, I would say. So uh, you did you go to? A, uh, it looks like you went to a wedding recently. Yes, sir. I went to my cousin's wedding. Um, it's uh, my first big gathering family thing post-COVID. And I got to say, other than a few mass people, it was like COVID never existed. Everybody was just shaking hands, hugging, sharing drinks, uh, fellowship. And it was just like all really cool, man. Um, I, I don't know if anybody came out of it sick afterwards with COVID, you know, because like I know uh initially when COVID started lightening up and some people started gathering people you know like a uh, mask i forgot what they call it mass uh transmission sites or i forgot what they used to call them where people would get sick out of it but no super I spreaders super spreaders right i haven't heard anything like that for this wedding but uh back to the wedding itself man it was awesome it was awesome it was Good drinks, uh, good food, man. They had uh, chicken and steak and good music as well. Um, and probably the only thing I would say knocking is that it started really late. Um, I believe the reception started at six. And by the time all the, you know, best man and all the people had to say their speeches, cutting the cake, the first dance, uh, you know, by the time all of that got done, it was like, man, almost eight o'clock. So we didn't start eating until then. And then, you know, by the time all that was done, the dancing didn't start until like maybe 1030, man. So it was it was it wasn't a lot of time for for dancing afterwards. So if you came for dancing or food, you had to wait a minute. But it was a good time, man. It was a good time getting together with family, seeing everybody. Um and just hanging out and, and, you know, enjoying the time together for sure. Do you feel that, um, were you really concerned about the coof or you like, you moved on from that? Oh, yeah. Cause with, especially with large gatherings, it could be kind of weird, but at some point you can be like, eh, whatever. Why? Well, I guess now that you bring that up, this is the uh, technically the second. I did go to one of my buddies, uh, quinceanera party that they had. And there was the first time that I kind of felt like a concern about it. But at the same time, you're kind of trying to live past it. You already got it. So you're just like, well, I got it already. 
what are the chances that I'll get it again at at that particular event um, for the quinceanera. But at the wedding, I got to say, I didn't really think about it unless I saw somebody like in a mask and it just brought it back into my mind that, you know, COVID is still out there kind of thing. But otherwise, you know, I've gotten COVID. I've gotten uh, three of the five suggested vaccines. So to me, and even getting those three, I didn't really want to get all three. But uh, nonetheless, I did get them. And I kind of feel like we're past it to a certain point. Maybe it'll linger around kind of like the flu. It'll always be there in the background. But it won't be this heavy 1,000 people a day killer anymore. It'll just be something similar to what the flu used to be. But, um, yeah, man, as far as the wedding goes, it was was really cool, man. I know my wife had a good time. Uh, Unfortunately, there was no kids allowed. It was all adults, which seems to be more of a common thing nowadays. Kind of save a few bucks. You don't invite kids, so it's just all adults. but yeah, man, it was it was cool for me and my wife. It was kind of far from where we live now because you know, like I mentioned, we moved out uh, to Lake County, so it was back. <laughs> it was back at DuPage, so we had to get a hotel that was kind of close by there, uh, just because I I wanted to have a good time and I wanted to drink and I didn't want to deal with driving all the way back to where I live. So Aren't yeah, we're telling you about part numbers, <laughs> right? You know, place of previous employment. Yeah, there, there was a cousin that had a few too much to drink that I used to work with, and uh, he, he did get a little excited that he still remembered part numbers in our system. But, yeah, man, uh, you know, there was a few people that were tipsy. There was a few people that were enjoying themselves for sure. I enjoyed myself, too. Um, I don't think I was uh, to the point where I was speaking belligerent, but I was definitely having a good time and enjoying myself. Um had to pay attention when I drove home. Uh, I, I don't want to say that I was uh, drunk behind the wheel or anything like that, but I was definitely feeling that, you know, things were happy. Uh, so uh, definitely excited to get back to the hotel and, and take my shoes off and kind of relax and sleep off some of that alcohol. So um, what did you have? Did you have, like, I'm assuming you had the photo booth. Did you have any? Special tables with like food or desserts or anything like that. Um, he did have a dessert table. I saw like conchas and and some other pastries, but to be honest, since I'm diabetic, I don't really go over there anymore. Um, and they did have the usual photo booth with all the funny stuff that people put on to kind of take pictures, uh, digital pictures with uh, where they'll email you a copy or you fill out this thing and they'll give you information or scan code or something or other um and then they had a a martini bar where there was just a guy just doing martinis and that's all he did so the ladies really favored that table and and went over there and got uh i know alana got this uh sour apple martini and she was drinking that the night and yeah man it was it was really cool man I'm, i'm glad i went glad everybody got together and um you know it seemed like everybody was having a good time so yeah it was cool man it was cool to go but uh, just uh, some other quick stuff that I was up to, man. I On Paramount Network, I watched this uh, movie called Jerry and Marge Go Large. Have you heard about that, Andy? Or are you, you even aware of what that's at? What is that? I, I don't know. Is, isn't that the guy from Heisenberg or something? 
Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's um, I forget his name. I just had it on the Brian tip of my tongue. K- Cranston or something. Right, exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> it's him and his wife that that's in the movie. They end up like finding a loophole in the lottery because uh, first he worked for like a, a cereal company. I want to say I can't remember what company he used to work for, but like Kellogg's. And he used to be a money analyst guy, so he used to be in the in in the the numbers, and he's retiring, so um, he's really into stuff like that. Like he was playing uh, what's that Japanese koiki, you know, something like that, where it's like Japanese numbers, and you you see scenes where he's just kind of like always thinking, he's always you know doing things with numbers. And uh, while he's sitting there contemplating, what the hell am I going to do for the rest of my life? Um, you know, because now he's retired. He sees the rules for a lottery game and he starts doing the numbers. He starts doing all this like long arithmetic math. You see him going through all the probable uh, variables for chances of winning, chances of losing, payouts. And after everything is said and done, he finally finds that if you bet a certain amount, your chances of winning exponentially increase. So he ends up taking out like the sum of money out of his savings, of his retirement money, and goes out and tries it, kind of fails, tries it again, starts winning some money. And then finally he brings his wife into it, and it just snowballs into this huge thing where the whole town gets wind of it because it's like a small little Mayberry town where it's probably like, you know, a mm-hmm. hundred people or so in this town. And a close knit town. Right, right, for sure. And yeah, man, he starts convincing the whole town to get into it. And they they go and they start taking advantage of this loophole and winning a ton of money. Um, there's a college uh, as well. I I forget what college I want to say it's like Harvard where they also find the loophole, but because this large group is winning money now, Harvard can't win as much. And then that starts playing uh, a part into the movie. As far as this Harvard group of kids, uh, they want to win more money, but because Jerry and Marge are winning uh, a little bit at their town. So they start conflicting there. Really cool, funny movie. Uh, my wife really liked it. Um, uh, it it was just uh, a cool, refreshing movie with no, like, you know, agenda, or at least nothing that I could see. It just seemed like a good, wholesome, funny new movie that came out. It was on the Paramount Plus Network. Um, so, yeah, we watched that, uh, and, and we enjoyed it for sure. How much were they winning? Like, they were playing, like, the actual, like, Mega Million thing, and that's what they were winning, or, like, the you pick four or something? Yeah, I mean, it was akin to, like, the the big game, like, the Mega Million. Um, but it was a second chance, like, a second chance Mega Million where you don't win the grand pot, but you have a second chance of yeah. winning on yeah. the next drawing, and you make, like, a, a quarter of what you could have won before. And that's the, the odds one that he, he figured out. And so he he ends up winning, you know. At first, like, yeah, I won four thousand, and then he he ends up doubling it. And now I I I won twelve thousand this time go around. So then he puts more money and he keeps doubling it down. He keeps putting his winnings back into it, 
And then by the end of it, I, I think the documentary or the movie says something to the fact of the town won like $1.5 billion or something like that. It was like oh, a, this is based on real life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based on a real story, a true story. This guy, I'm assuming they kind of fudged a few things uh, because it kind of seems a little too happy ending where like, oh, we all win. Ah, ha, 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 ha. We all got this money. Uh, but you never know. Maybe it did happen that way. But yeah, man, it's based on a true story. And um, they end up revealing the the, the amount. I, I can't remember how much it was. But yeah, this guy won a ton of money for his city, which was going bankrupt because the, the city, all the little mom and pop shops, like the, the little bakery store had closed down. The uh, other store that does uh, hardware, they were, you know, going out of business. And it was just a really small knit store but mm -hmm. everybody was going to like the bigger box stores and these little mom and pop stores were going away and so because of this and because he you know reinvigorated the town and gave everybody shares and told them hey you you want to bet in on this i found the loophole bet in you know 500 bucks and i'll double that you know by next month quarter or whatever the the deal was i forget what the numbers were and yeah man he just started making money for everybody man and everybody just it, it, it kind of gets a little ridiculous man where they're starting to bring like uh trucks with like those uh semi-connector things where they connect those um trailers on it mm -hmm. and it's just full of tupperwares with tickets in it and you know they got to go through each one and scan it and be like all right this one we won this one we only won this this one we oh, won a free so ticket like this one spread out between like you won five twenty a hundred right after right the whole multitude if you bet this much yeah okay yeah yeah it's not just one ticket that they buy and they win this yeah. money no yeah it, no he's i'm assuming is like we spend this much we're like expecting a return of this but right. it's not through like one ticket spread out through the whole amount of tickets exactly yeah. and and once they start getting really big like where the whole town is invested in this thing they actually have to bring the convenience store into into the, the team or whatever into the they make like a small company out of it and they have to bring the convenience store owner into it they're like hey man if you help us out and just let us exclusively use this uh, machine will give you x amount of money or whatever and so they just they're all day just hitting the enter button getting these tickets out because they start the guy starts calculating how long is it going to take to you know get forty thousand dollars worth of tickets out of this machine it's just like oh well with my calculation we're going to have to stand here for six hours and so you know it, it that's how some of the movies pass by it's just them <laughs> trying to figure out how to maximize buying their tickets uh because it takes so long to hit enter, wait for the piece of paper to print out, stack it, and then once all that whole process is done, somebody's got to go through each ticket and see what won what, you know, and kind of yeah, keep and track I, of and it. I'm like, they're probably spread out. They all hit, like, different stores or something, but they just got the one guy, the local, like, gas station or convenience store, and they're like, yeah, he's like, do it. Right, right. He's like, just let us use the machine 24-7. So it was it was a cool funny movie. Uh yeah, we we enjoyed it. Uh another movie that I watched a while ago and it was that bad that I can't really remember too much about it is that I watched that No Time to Die, the James Bond one. Right. I don't know if you've seen that one or you even had any interest to watch the the latest nah, James Bond movie. I mean, movie. I'm I'm a huge James Bond fan, but um the Daniel Craig movies, I couldn't get into them. Uh 
uh, I was kind of disappointed what they did with the character. So I I haven't really. I think the last one I watched is the one after Casino Royale I, I, with Daniel Craig. I don't even remember. I just I stopped watching them. Yeah, I I, I wasn't a huge fan of James Bond. I mean, I've watched a, a ton of them, GoldenEye, and you know, uh, a bunch of the old ones with um, Pierce Brogness and and some of the old older ones, and then even the newer ones uh, where it got more like Jason Bourne, where you know they're just constantly running and fighting and whatnot. Um, but yeah, this last one, oh man, it, it was good? it was probably one of the worst ones that I've seen of the James Bonds. Uh, really dull and boring, and it was just like really? action into action into action. Uh, then at the end, what what kind of got me is to me James Bond is a badass. To me, he's he's like a tough guy that always figures out how to get out of these predicaments. He's always got the laser shooting towards his balls, and he figures out how to get out of the trap. I think that would motivate any man. <laughs> it's like it, it's always like that. It's always like this death-defying thing that he's got to get out of. And in this one, he could not do it. It's like he's broken, he's done, and these this group of women have to come and help him. Yeah. And and I'm just like, man, it's like I get it. Women are powerful. Women can help and all that good stuff. But that's not what this Bond movie is about. I mean, it's just like that's not what James Bond to me is about. It's about him being a badass, figuring out. Right, right. Um. Now, I mentioned that to another guy that had watched it around the same time that I watched it, and he said that he didn't really see it that way. He just saw it as a supporting character helping him figure things out. But it's fucking but, Bond, dude. He, but, you don't get depressed or nothing. Right. To me, that 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 was kind of my argument against He's him. He's an is alpha that, male. Is that he is this badass guy that doesn't need a supporting character to really help him. He's always figured out his own. And then at the end... He sleeps with a girl, and that's a James Bond movie. I, I could I could write it right here in a few minutes and, and just give you a few plot points, and we can make a James Bond movie. But yeah, this one was a, a little different, man. And um, I I gotta say, at the end of it, it seems like this chapter of the Bond movies is done with. And um, I've even heard of whispers that they're looking for a new Bond, um, character to to play the the 007 moniker. So. We'll have to see how that how that runs and if they do end up, you know, switching gears and going to something different. Yeah, that's why I'm like, <clears throat> like even on the first time when Daniel Craig, they kind of made them, they they made some tweaks to the character to me that, like you said, defined that character. And he was like, I don't care, like fuck that, I don't got time to be, you know, with macking it to this girl or this woman, and I'm just like, what? Come on, bro. All the Bonds did all that shit. And, like, okay, they're trying to change it. And then they had him running around like he was Jason Bourne and shit. Like, this is not mine, dude. Like, whatever. And then uh, I think I watched the one after that. I'm like, I'm not feeling any of this shit. And, um, and they've done that with many characters. Uh, the reboots or whatever. They came back. Like, with The Matrix is the same knock. The Terminator movies, they did that shit. They did that with the Star Wars movies, uh, where they make the 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 main character was nine you know ninety nine percent of the time it's a male, 
like, oh, he's lost, he's confused, he's broke, and he needs somebody to help him, or he's always been weak. And it's just like, what the fuck's going on? Like, like he needs to get bailed out. And, I mean, that, some of these characters, I don't know, man. It's just, that's the way, that that's the current trend right now. And, right. Um, <clears throat> and kind of, kind of, like, I don't know if you heard about the Lightyear movie, the plot on it, if you read about the plot. It's it makes kind of that light year character weak and like it's it's just messed up and I'm just like that's why nobody went to watch it because they don't want to see this stuff. So he doesn't go to infinity and beyond. Nah, dude, it, they it's like he's broken, he's conflicted because what he's supposed to do is like the old school way, and people are like, well, that's not the right way, and like you should be doing this new woke shit and. He kind of like goes and does it that, you know, I didn't see the movie, but that's what I read. And that's why I like the movie bombed because they're like, we don't want to see this like BS agenda. And like, we're, we're, we're done with all that. And unfortunately, a lot of the the movies, the new movies are kind of like that. Um, and like, to me, it's like, it's it, I know they're not marketing the movie to me. I'm an old man, but that, that just like. Like fuck, man! Like how can you guys fuck this up, you know? And 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 they did, but apparently I'm not the only one that thinks this way. That's why all these movies tank. No, yeah, for sure, man. Well, Andy, speaking of Infinity and Beyond, uh, or yeah, it's Infinity and Beyond, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into our article of the week. So, Andy, our article of the week, uh, it is in space and beyond. It's uh, NASA, man. I found this article on the AP News. Uh, NASA, uh, the, the heads, uh, NASA, give us back our moon dust and cockroaches. Now, I, I, I wasn't even aware of this uh, until I read this article, but I guess back in the day in 1969, back when the Apollo 11 missions, they brought back moon dust, you know, like pounds and pounds of this shit. Well, and, moon rocks, yes. Yeah, and yeah. and they ended up, they wanted to know if it was safe for people to use it. So they fed it to cockroaches. They fed it to cockroaches. And other animals, yeah. Right. And, and I guess from the results and the test results and observing it, nothing harmful really happened to them other than they're eating dirt. You know, which I guess is cool for these animals, but uh, nothing worse happened to them if they were to eat earth dirt. And so they found that that you know it's safe to kind of use and whatever. So they ended up starting to try other experiments. But uh, needless to say, the original one of the original labs that did these tests for NASA ended up keeping the samples, and then that scientist uh, ended up years ago selling it in an auction and then it changed hands and this i guess this couple kept it for a while and then they ended up putting it on a public auction trying to sell it nasa found out and they put the kibosh on it and said no no you you can't sell this stuff this is government property you got to give it back to us kind of thing and i just found it kind of hilarious that all these years later because this auction is just recent it was just like recently in the news where they were trying to sell it all these years later, they, they they totally forgot about this uh, moon dust and the cockroaches. And I was just curious, man, did you even know about this and that this was going on? 
No, I know they brought back a lot of moon rocks from the Apollo missions, and I always uh, they have them on display, or apparently they were handing them out to higher learning institutions or academia like universities. I think this one went to the University of Minnesota, and uh, they were trying to they're doing testing on it, and they kind of got the results. And then typical NASA, I mean, I, I have a love hate relationship with NASA. They always seem to be losing shit. It's uh, it's unreal. And to them to forget something is from the first moon landings. They're bringing back rocks and they just ship them out and like, oh, yeah, like they forgot to ask for it. Or they're waiting for somebody else to say, I got these rocks. What do you want me to do with them? It's fucking moon rocks. I mean, like they're just exactly in everywhere on planet Earth. The guy, the article goes on to say he had them like in his fucking living room. Like, I have a moon rock. See? Right, and he was using it to show off and cocktail hour and shit, and then uh, he he passes away, and his kids sold it off to some other party, and now they're trying to make money off of it. And uh, NASA has a, just a bad bad track record of losing stuff. They lose they lost some of the original movie um, movies that from the moon landing. They lost some of the negatives from the moon landing. Um, it's just it's amazing how much the the they can lose and the other thing that come out the value of it they, i think they sold it for for the auction or the the starting bid was like 400 grand I would yeah that's it'd what be they're more. expecting right yeah i thought it'd be like a million bucks i mean how often who's gonna who, who can say they can own moon rocks you know well it's it's very little i was looking at the amount that they were selling and to be honest it's like if you were sprinkled salt on a plate for like one second and just shake your salt shaker on it that's about the equivalent amount of dust that they were selling so it wasn't a whole ton of it it wasn't like a bag full of dust and rocks it was like a a sprinkle full of salt equivalent um that they were selling so uh that's what i found kind of curious because i i'm like man how much is this and i started googling it and it, it came out to be very little so maybe that's why it wasn't worth as much because I kind of thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, this has got to be like a million dollars. But maybe it's that it wasn't that much material, you know, and just yeah. a couple of cockroaches. The cockroaches that were fed moon dust were brought to the University of Minnesota where entomologist Miriam Brooks dissected and studied them. And then in an article from 1969, I found no evidence of infectious agents. Brooks uh, said who died in 2007 um she found no evidence that the moon material was toxic or caused any other ill effects in the insects according to the article and then her daughter sold them in 2010 right. to an uh, undisclosed person and they're the ones trying to sell it right now so i want to know how much the daughter get <laughs> but yeah. yeah so now i'm wondering like what other universities just have like all this shit and they're like the government forgot about that they have them, you know. And, and I, if if somebody else doesn't even have any, are they even going to say anything at this point? Maybe after this came out, they're like, "Oh, screw it, man! I'm going to have to sell this on a private auction because yeah, I can't publicize it." Right? Yeah, the guy was trying to maximize his investment, return on his investment, and now he's just like, "I'm fucked" because I went to a public auction house, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, hold up, that's ours." So I like I get it, um, but yeah, I'm I'm like I said I've always I'm wondering like what else is out there that they they forgot that's from the moon or any other 
uh, items that they brought back from space. Well, I mean, mostly the moon, I guess. But yeah, and like the film too. You think that would be like invaluable? They would like try to preserve it and digitize it, and then they're like, "Yeah, we lost a lot of stuff uh, throughout the years." I'm like, or I'm thinking like this stuff gets stolen, or they just don't want people to have access to it and stuff. Yeah, it's it's kind of curious to see. Yeah, what else have they lost that you know they didn't keep track of? Like, who's doing their bookkeeping, man? Like, all right, you're gonna you know kind of like the library. You're gonna check this article out, or you're gonna check this thing out. You have to bring it back within two months. Otherwise, we'll, we'll come after you or or whatever the case would be. Or maybe you leave a deposit like, all right, you're going to leave us, you know, a quarter of a million dollars here is the deposit. You're going to take this. And then once you bring it back, we'll give you the quarter million back or, or whatever the case would be. That's what I'm saying. Like back in the day, it was a little bit different. You had more confidence in, 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 in the government and like institutions such as like universities. But today... It's um, I think they were just expecting the, the university to do the right thing. Maybe they just forgot or they were waiting for the government to do something. And that's how stuff like this happens is like uh, people say, like, I got stuff. Uh, my dad was in the army or my uncle and they duh, they did. They hit they had all this paperwork that they never filed or got picked up from the government. And then that's how shit gets out. And, um, and you know, and it's just like it's. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of fucking stories out there or a lot of people that have stuff in their attic and their basements that belong to their grandfather, their uncle, their dad, that just uh, they never got around to sending it or getting it picked up or taking it into the office, whatever the case. And it's just sitting there until that person dies and they start going through shit and, um, you know, they, they find all this stuff. Like I was watching this documentary on uh, J. Edgar Hoover. He, you know, he had all these files on uh, senators and congressmen, people in, in political office and movie stars. Right, to like blackmail, right? To blackmail, to use it like, uh, I know your wife's gay or I know you're gay or I know you have illegitimate, illegitimate child. Right. Like all this stuff. And when he died, he, he told, he has instructed his personal secretary, like when I'm, I'm gone, you need to fucking uh, shred all this shit. As soon as she found out he died, he, she went in there and she shred a bunch of shit. And they found uh, they found almost all of them gone. They found some of his files because uh, the the file got uh, misfiled in like some other FBI thing, and that's the only that's the only reason shit pops up because it got misfiled. And that's when they find the stuff about the Kennedys and Martin Luther King, all that because that file was never put in his personal file cabinet it was put out there and it just it was misfiled wow that's crazy right that, that's yeah. how big the government is and that's the only way shit gets found out that so imagine how many things are like they have somewhere that are misfiled they're just sitting there people it's so top secret people who were in charge of it are not there and just it gets forgotten right right yeah man it it, it is peculiar i mean like what if they had like pieces of spacecraft back and they sent these out for testing and you know now this spacecraft is kind of out there somewhere else and you know people are just kind of like well, jumping around with it so think about it we had i think we talked i talked about in the podcast nasa oh, I, I believe the air force sent like some type of drone into space i don't know if you remember that 
they're like, oh, it's just doing survey missions. Some people think that was retrieving satellites or something. I don't know. But uh, they we just knew they admitted that they sent something out to space. They really didn't say what its mission was. But it was out there like for a week and then it came back. And people are like, what was it doing? We don't know. People think all sorts of stuff that there was uh, collecting stuff in space or getting satellites or who fucking knows. But I mean, I, I imagine it brought something back. It was all covered up and stuff. You just see it land. It was like a huge drone that came back. I think it was from the Air Force. But I think it had stuff in there. Right, man. I I know they're they're still sending stuff out there for um you know mostly for pictures and stuff and i know they want to send like a like a spacecraft to the moon again in the near future i think it's like in the next five years the plan is to send another spacecraft into the moon yeah possibly i mean um hopefully they get we get back into the the space business before uh some other rogue nations really uh uh put some effort into it and you don't want to be left behind but i mean i always heard that we had nukes in space so did the russians so we'll see what happens (laughs) but uh that being said we want to thank you all for listening remember you can follow freeform network on facebook and twitter at freeform network also send your questions and suggestions to ffnquestions at gmail.com when you're uh, a relative you who uh, you know and passed away or your granddad of dad and you guys were going through personal stuff, did you find any top secret files or something that NASA sent or they worked at a government installation or like a contractor and you're like, what is this? Like, did you ever find any of that stuff? If you did, let us know at ffnquestions at gmail.com. I'd be interested to see what, what here people find besides other personal <laughs> embarrassing shit you might find. Right after pe- people pass away, and uh, I'm when I'm in my deathbed, Danny, and you're next to me, I'm gonna send tell you to go to my house and get rid of all my porno DVDs, like right? Larry right, David, shit. don't get yeah, let me know, right. let me yeah. know what the stash is. So, we want don't forget to check our webpage at freeformnetwork.podbean.com. There are links to all the apps, platforms that we're on, we're in a ton of them. Whatever you do, like, subscribe, that helps us out immensely, and YouTube. We're on there too. Uh, for Freeform Radio, we got Danny. Yes, sir, man. Everybody go out there, enjoy yourselves, enjoy your time while you can, uh, enjoy your family, and uh, yeah, man, go out there and, uh, and have a good time. It's all good, Andy. We'll catch y'all next time, and you guys enjoy your weeks. Dad.